discussions of truth coming at you remotely. Undisclosed area. This is Winwood Radio. And- I don't need to replay that. Metallica Seek and Destroy. But for those who are tuning in for the first time, Seek and Destroy means seeking out corruption on all levels, political, corporate, and aiming to do nothing other than completely obliterate it and destroy it. We have the Lindstroth Report in the wings, standing by. And a very special guest coming your way later on this show to tell you really how to reinforce the show's motto, and that is be awesome. Esther Yang will be joining with third-time guest on the program, Dr. Dr. Gabby Love. The first... We'll be bringing in J.P. Lindstroth. Stand by. Be right back with you momentarily. Discussion to Truth. Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. That's I E N T R O T T I E R. We have coming our way this month. Right now, I have on the line JP Lindstroth delivering the Lindstroth report. JP, how are you and what do you have for us? Hey, Ian. How you doing? Um, well, uh, I guess 
because we haven't talked in a little bit of time. Um, you know, I've been following. Welcome to yeah. the first. Uh, we, we're, we're, we've been developing, and the reason the reason JP didn't join us the first week of the month uh, was because we, we we've been developing this remote broadcast, uh, threading into the, uh, to the to my niece's studio, but remote remotely outside of the studio. So so JP, welcome to your first remote broadcast. Thanks, Ian. It's great to be back, and uh, I really appreciate the invitation as always. Um, I've been following closely what's going on in Brazil. Um, I guess an uh, article that I wrote about the situation there came out today in Counterpunch. Right. And then I've also written some things on, um, you know, like on, on indigenous rights and also, uh, I guess, about the president's tweets. And so I guess it really depends on what you want to talk about. Ian. I'm, I'm pretty much an open book, you know, and um, right. just... Let's, you know, we, we had discussed uh, uh, the, the past couple of days, uh, we had discussed about going into, uh, you know, the, the, this whole notion of racism, which seems to be uh, completely absurd, absurd uh, after, after having the nation's first uh, minority, if you will, uh, African-American president. And then, you know, now we've got like a complete other extreme of the spectrum where we've, you know, we've, we've got these incredibly disgusting uh, holding camps for undocumented immigrants, and it's 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 getting way out of control. Um, it's 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 not, in my opinion, it's not American at all. It's not freedom. It's not liberty. It's um, um, it's 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 it doesn't stand it doesn't stand and uplift any of our, our inalienable human rights, as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there, there's both sides to every coin. But let's but let's 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 not talk. Let's not go down that avenue because. Because, uh, but I, because I have gone over that con- counterpunch uh, uh, article that, that you wrote there, JP, and this is a uh-huh. very uh, concerning matter, um, and this is more of a global spectrum. So, uh, for listeners outside of the United States, this would be directly affecting you. So, let's go into this um, this article that you've written regarding um, Bolsonaro, uh, President Bolsonaro, and uh, what's happening in the Amazon rain with the Amazon rainforest. Okay, sure. Um, well, you know, it's interesting with uh, President Jair Bolsonaro, who's the president of Brazil. Um, he uh, kind of was ignoring uh, the fires uh, that were happening in in the in the Amazon, in the Brazilian Amazon. And as I don't know if your listeners are aware, but the Brazilian, the Amazon itself, the Amazon basin is it's really it's it's huge i mean it's 6.9 million square kilometers in size that's 40 percent of the entire south america it encompasses um many ecosystems um 2.5 million insects over 430 mammalian species 40,000 plant species 5,000 fish species 1,300 bird species, 1,000 amphibian species, 400 reptilian species, and a whole host of indigenous native peoples. And so... Over a million Brazilian indigenous peoples. Well, um, only about half of them uh, live in the interior. The other half live in their cities. So, so you're right. I mean, that's 
about the statistic of how many Brazilian Indians there are, but, um, and so 85% increase from last year, um, uh, of fires burning. And since the beginning of the year, Ian, 75, over 75,000, about 75,000, 336 registered wildfires or bushfires were detected by satellite monitoring. And because Bolsonaro uh, didn't like the statistics from the, his own space research institute, it's called INTE, Space Research Instituto Nacional de Pesquisas Especiais, he fired the guy. <laughs> And then it's come out that, well, okay, uh, well, uh, these fires are not only verifiable, but on August 19th, like a week ago, Monday, not this Monday, but last Monday, all of Sao Paulo was covered in smoke clouds, like cloud, clouds of smoke coming from the Amazon, which is literally 1,700 kilometers away from Sao Paulo. And so, and so for a while, both and I were saying, well, he didn't have the resources to put out the fires and don't really have the manpower. And then finally he used the Brazilian military to start putting out the fire. His environmental minister said that the, and the smoke clouds covering Sao Paulo literally made uh, Sao Paulo, like it was during the day, so it made Sao Paulo seem like it was at nighttime conditions. Wow. Like people, cars are driving around like with their lights on stuff. Wow. So, so, so the environmental minister came out and then said that oh, all this smoke covering Sao Paulo, everything, that's all fake news, right? Everything's fake. It's environmental sensationalism, blah, 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 blah. But he, the thing about the Brazilian Amazon and, and because Brazil, Brazil is part of the Amazon, it's Brazil and within Brazilian territories, it's two thirds of the Amazon basin or reside within Brazil. So even though Brazil says, you know, stay out of our business, it's our business. Well, okay. But at the same time, it's the world's business because if we lose the Amazon, we're losing a huge amount of like carbon sink, right? Where it, you know, absorbs so much carbon in. And, and what do you mean by carbon dioxide from the atmosphere that is put into the atmosphere, right? right. So, and, and, um, if, uh, I think, you know, looking at, some of the statistics that I, I put in the article and I mean, but anyway, Bolsonaro's policies with the Amazon have not seen this kind of persecution of indigenous people, nor kind of this overt development of the Amazon since the Brazilian military dictatorship years, which is 1964 to 1985. Okay. So, um, if we, if we think about that, the Brazilian Amazon itself, the Amazon basin and two thirds of it are in Brazil, that 
um, all the carbon that is being uh, absorbed with within Brazil. Um, you know, we're talking about 180 million tons of carbon per year because if you calculate that, like each um, each large tree in 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 the Amazon rainforest is contains about three to four tons of carbon dioxide. Then if you also calculate like uh, how many trees of that would, um, uh, uh, you know, absorb uh, the carbon dioxide itself, it, it's it's just unthinkable, right? I mean, we, and also because it's such, it's the most diverse uh, biosphere and ecosystems on the planet, right? So that's the other aspect of it as well. So JP, uh, and by the way, uh, uh, JP is a former Fulbright scholar to Brazil. JP, um, Bolasaros is, it's, it's almost as if he's not urgently trying to put these fires out because he'd actually like to develop some of these lands. Is that an accurate statement per your understanding? So 80%, okay, so 80% of the deforestation presently caused in the Amazon right now is because of cattle ranching. Also, and, but those are his biggest constituents. So Bolsonaro blamed NGOs, non-government, non-governmental organizations, for starting the fires because he said, well, they didn't get federal funding. Well, it's just a bunch of nonsense because the most likely culprits of the fires being started were, you know, are these cattle ranchers to clear more land for cattle ranching. So, so, so as a whole, if we look at how much carbon the, the Brazilian Amazon or the Amazon as a whole absorbs, it's probably 18 billion tons a year. Yeah. Okay. And some of, and these conclusions I'm taking not from like anybody, I'm taking it from real scientists. Like there's, there's an institute, the University of Oxford, where I did, you know, I did my degree there. Uh, environment, it's called the Environmental Change Institute, ECI. And there's a scientist there named Erica Beringer. And she's, I think she's Brazilian. She's Brazilian. And she, uh, you know, studies this climate and she makes these estimations. There's another guy who's American. He's in, in Brazil. His name is Phil Fernside. Um, he's also really, well-regarded environmentalist um, and basically said like, look, you know, um, you know, Bolsonaro is saying all these statistics are lies. Well, look at the statistics themselves, you know, in June, 2019, 88, there was an 88% increase of deforestation from last year. In July of uh, since July 2018 and July 2019, it's been a 68% increase. And we're talking about 75,000 forest fires, Ian, which is a total catastrophe. So, you know, there's so much pressure on Bolsonaro that he finally got the, the Brazilian military to do it. And then, on so on top of that, so he, did, he, he blamed the NGOs. And then, and then the the G7, which you know recently met, you had Macron and people like the French president Macron um, saying, "Okay, we're we'll pledge twenty million dollars to help 
Bolsonaro, well, Bolsonaro like rejected the money, and then then Bolsonaro, uh, who by the way is called the Trump of the tropics, or uh, yeah, it's like the Brazilian Trump they call him. He was like like insulting Macron's wife and all these kind of stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, JP, are there are are, are there bed bugs in in, in Trump's store out golf golf facility? <laughs> I have no idea. I really don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? I don't know. I'm more worried about the hurricane. And to be honest, I'm like, we're getting another hurricane. And are you in Canada now, or are you? Uh, it's, yes, I, I am in the uh, the great American Northwest. Uh, great. Correct. Fantastic. Uh, so you've escaped. You've escaped us. For the moment, for the time being. Uh, but my, okay. my voice is channeling through your uh, studio there in Woodwood. Okay. okay. Um, and there's a major tropical storm brewing off the coast of Puerto Rico. Um, and I haven't, uh, that's all I know. I don't know. Um, it sounds like it might be gaining some steam. JP, let's, re- let's refocus here on the, the, the final uh, few moments here. And by the way, uh, sure. for, for those listening, uh, JP has graciously, uh, agreed to rejoin the program in his usual slotted time. Uh, now that we've worked out the, uh, the technical, uh, transmission, uh, of the broadcast, uh, remotely, uh, and that will and be- I, and by the way, I just thank you again for inviting me. It is always great to be on your show. So. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Uh, JP, so so let's kind of, uh, for listeners out there, with, with any type of uh, feeling of urgency, because, uh, because the Amazon is the world's largest uh, rainforest forest. It, it has, uh, you know, its, its destruction will we'll simply echo, uh, echo down for... Uh, you know, not only it, I think I think you wrote in your article it's, it it occupies forty percent of South America. Uh, you know, Correct. It's, it's yeah, that, the whole if you if you calculate like if you if you uh, if you you know if you examine the whole uh, it's called the Amazon Basin, which includes much more than just the rainforest, which includes like swamps, sentinels, and things like that. If you include you know all that territory, which is really called properly called lowland South America, then um, 6.5 million square miles, which is 40% of South America. Right. 6.9 so, mil- 6.9 million square miles. Kilometers, sorry. 6.9 million squ- square kilometers, sorry. And these are, these are thousands and thousands of hectares that are burning right now. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of hectares burning right now. Now, during this, this time of the year, Ian, it's normal that you have these kind of forest fires because it's kind of it's kind of the dry season, but but you always have constant rain in the rainforest. But because it creates its own its own sustainable rain, right? But the and also I should also add that indigenous people um, use slash and burn agriculture, but they do it in a very minimal amount in a very careful way. And but the thing is about these fires is because we're losing, I think somebody calculated like a, a, a whole football field a minute, Ian. Okay. Right. Right. If you calculate all these fires, like the way it's deforesting. So, so it's not just like, you know, the normal kind of, uh, forest fires that you would have it. These are purposefully 
begun by ranchers mostly. Uh, they're called fazendeiros or rancheros in Brazil. And they want to clear the land, Ian. And so, and they're a huge economic lobby in Brazil. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure, sure. Cattle industry. Right, exactly. Um, JP, what about the, uh, we, we, we've got just a few, few, few seconds here left, about 30 seconds left here. Uh, JP, what, what, what is the World Health Organization or, uh, or any, any type of environmental agency? Uh, of course, that's not environmental, but, uh, uh, what what has uh, Greenpeace or anything? What, what, what are some of the stances that these people have taken? And what are they doing? So I saw I saw Greenpeace today come out with a statement against it. Um, signed a petition about that today. If you want to get involved, for sure, look up Amazon Watch, look up Greenpeace Brazil. Um, but like in my article, I also quoted a couple scientists who wrote an article in Science, which is a really great uh, journal for science research, and and there are a couple scientists from the World Resources Institute. Uh, one scientist is Dr. Francis Seymour, the other one's Dr. Nancy Harris. And here's what they said as far as how we can better preserve the Amazon. Uh, for tropical forest protection to become a viable Political proposition for elected officials, financial and market incentives must be augmented by increased public awareness of the many benefits that forests provide locally as well as globally. Building such awareness through better communication of the science is an essential complement to our increasingly sophisticated understanding of why tropical forests are being destroyed. Author of Marching Against Gender Practice at 2015, uh, J.P. Lindstrath has his Ph.D. from Oxford, as he previously mentioned. He will be re- rejoining us next week at the 5 o'clock hour p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, tune in then to hear more from J.P. on Discuss Your Truth Window Radio. J.P., until next week, dude, be awesome. Talk All to right. you soon. Thank you, and I really appreciate uh, joining the show and and uh, thank you again, and, I, and I, I look forward to talking to you again, and hope everything is well with you, and uh, take care. Okay, now back uh, to uh, New York Times bestselling author Tom Hartman joined us last week. Talkers Magazine ranks Tom as number one progressive talk show host in America. Cumulative audience of 6.5 million. Nine years running host of the evening TV program. It was first carried by Free Speech TV and later picked up by RT. That's Russian television TV out of Washington, D.C. He holds a Ph.D. in homeopathy and a master's degree in liberal sciences. Okay, and, and, and last week on the show, he spoke of moving to Vermont from Atlanta. And in that house happened to be documents by Thomas Jefferson. Okay, uh, Tom dives into the U.S. Supreme Court and how he feels and explains that they have overstepped dramatically and drastically over the past, excuse me, over the past few decades, uh, their boundaries and jurisdiction. Four-time Project Censored Award winner um, and uh, Andy Lee Roth, who's VP there, I believe, at uh, Project Censored, has his former guest on the program. Uh, he's, he's, anyway, four-time Project Censored Award winner and New York Times bestselling author, 
and he's authored over 25 books. Okay, so that was last week, Tom Harmon. We're going to bring on today New York-based author Esther Yang. I will be right back momentarily with Esther. Enjoy a little bit. Oh, This is Discussion of Truth. Wednesdays, 5 o'clock. Join me right here on Windwood Radio. Ian Hamilton Trottier is my name. I am the host. Discussion of Truth is a Miami-based weekly radio program hosted by myself. We are independent, unfiltered, live, and unbiased. Why? Because we believe the mass media is a little bit out of control. Stop mass media or impeach mass media, both.com. You can find the graph that explains exactly just why. Graph out of studies of Switzerland. Stephen Kinzer, John Perkins, Nomi Prince, Chris McDaniel, that's a senator out of, out of Mississippi, David Ike, Cynthia McKinney, six-time uh, uh, congresswoman out of Atlanta, Paul Hallier, former uh, Canadian politician, current, actually, he's in his 90s, still a politician in Canada, and uh, Paul Craig Roberts. These are all uh, past guests of the program. Today, we are joined by New York-based author Esther Yang. Esther, are you with us? Yes. Hi, Ian. Esther, hi. How are you? Um, you've written a wonderful book, and yeah, the motto of all, the motto of our program is "Be Awesome," and that's exactly what we strive to do: is be awesome and take take really those that are setting the laws and those that are, are are representing us, the people, take them to task because it's we, the people. And love yourself to heck with uh, everyone else is a book that you've recently written that kind of gets into exactly how you can, per, per show, my show's motto or our show's motto, be awesome. Be awesome. You're a New York-based author. You're a second-degree black belt in karate. You're a yoga teacher. Uh, your your credits uh, go go on and on. And, in fact, the VP of J.P. Morgan Chase uh, had uh, something very incredible to say about your work. Uh, and he said... Okay, I thought I had it. Uh, I don't have it, but if, if, <laughs> I, I thought I had the quote with me. But anyway, so Esther, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I am a yoga teacher and a second degree black belt. Mostly, I think because I'm just an Asian overachiever. It's nothing, anything like special. You know, it's just I was just raised like by a tiger mom that you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, and I think that's really what it is. But I wrote the book because, you know, as a trained psychotherapist and a healer, 
I just want a very simple book, a funny book. And as you know, laughter is the best medicine. And just really get into someone's head. You know, if you love yourself and you ignore everyone else, I think life will become like in your like your radio show, truly awesome. And that's pretty much it. Very, very simple. Everyone has noticed increased energy, and we don't mind as much arriving early in the morning and leaving late at night, said Enid right. Wen, senior VP at JP Morgan Chase. Tell us about now you've 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 also uh, you've also spoken at Cornell University. Um, tell us what what drives you other than the crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of your Asian uh, as you as you mentioned kind yeah. of your overachiever parents um, which is a wonderful thing because uh, hey Harry now you've got a grown adult that's that's really uh, 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 making changes in in the world and, and and helping others and uplifting others and that's that's the whole kind of premise of of, of, of community and, and, and making the world a better place. But tell us, tell us a little more about what got you, um, got you into kind of doing, doing what you're doing. Um, the book, the, the book is self-proclaimed self-healing book on how to be healthy, stress-free and productive one breath at a time. But then you also go into an aspect of your development as, as a child where, um, unfortunately, um, but commonly to, I think most of us, you were, you fell victim to some bullying, uh, that, that, that yeah. maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Well, I was, you know, I live in, I went to school and live in three different country. I was born in Jakarta, Indonesia. I went to school in Singapore and then I came here. So, you know, people complain about bullying, but in my situation, I was bullied in three different countries, in three different languages, which I didn't understand in the beginning because I was just, they were just mean and they thought of me as invisible, you know? So I think that's really my experience. And my grandmother, who was a very wise Buddhist grandmother, um, always taught me that, you know, you make your poison into your medicine and that your experience will benefit other people. I know it sounds like so corny and it's so complicated, but that's really what happened. You know, I was so bullied and I wanted um, I wanted a different, I wanted a different world. That's really the bottom line. And I was, um, I was married before and, you know, my first husband took very good care of me. And I just, even when I was married until, um, I was adopted. I have a very interesting life. I was adopted so I could stay here legally. And until my father died from cancer in the esophagus and two of my best friends died from AIDS, that it, within eight months that it took me like literally the carpet like pulled under me. And I, even though like my, like I said, my grandmother was a uh, Chinese doctor. She, she was an herbalist. She's really was like my mentor, but I really didn't want to be, Asian. I didn't want to be a part of that because I was so, uh, people were treating me like differently. Like when they see me, they, you know, instead of saying hello, they'll ask like, Hey, when am I going to get my laundry? I know it's like stupid comment like that, but still no, I didn't want to be Asian. And even though, even though I, I am Asian, I look Asian. I didn't want to be, I would, I want nothing to do with that. But I think after Harry died and David and Joey died, uh, like, I just felt like I, I didn't have, um, like, a grounded person. I didn't have someone that I can talk to. And I felt really hopeless that I couldn't even give a breath to my dad because he was, you know, he was dying and I, I and the doctors were not friendly. And I just finally 
uh, I was in fashion. Uh, I graduated from actually Fashion Institute of Technology. I just stopped and I really had to rethink about what went wrong with my life that I that I wanted to change. So from there, it led me to, you know, going to school for core energetic psychotherapy. I study uh, shiatsu. I study different type of herbs. I study meditations. I become truly spiritual. I think from there... Um, and then even after become like all these things, then, then of course, you know, like anything else, I remember in this therapy school, I've never been in therapy once in my life ever. So I went to this school that I want to be psychotherapist and they said, you have to be in therapy. And I thought, that is crazy. Why would I be in therapy? I'm okay. And they said, well, you cannot be a therapist if you've never been in therapy. And I thought, oh my goodness. So I had to be in therapy and it was, it was, it was actually very, um, spiritual awakening because I end up knowing more about myself. So after all this stuff and then um, after having a full practice as being psychotherapist and speaking at Cornell about mind-body medicine and because I went to healing school and everything else and I really understood about the anatomy and physiology of a human body. Um, after a while, you know, and I look at all my clients with all their neurosis and again, I had, then I had a second spiritual awakening and wonder, what if, if we could start it from like beginning before my clients have their neurosis, like elementary kids, and like teach kids about kind words, kind acts, and give them the skills that how to choose friends and how to be a good friend, how not to be a bully, and how to have a great comeback if you're being bullied, you know, and really learn about self-defense. And so that's really... Um, like my second spiritual awakening, and that's how I founded the Super Happy Healthy Kids. It's a nonprofit. We're now like in eight schools, and um, we teach about kids about kind words, kind acts, and how to. We're raising kids how to have the strength, the compassions to be great leaders. Because Ian, you and I are not going to be here forever, and these kids going to run the world. And I hope that you know we can all the tools so my friends you know we volunteer and so anyway so that's how I got to do that and then I wrote the book because I didn't want a heavy book I didn't want a heavy book because frankly you know everybody came from a dysfunctional family you know there's no one functional family I mean very very rare and if they do come to dysfunctional maybe people are in denial but whatever it is um and I thought like you know what you know I, I want, because, you know, really, a lot of people think like, well, you know, my parents this and they start comparing and despairing. At the end of the day, no one really have a functional family. There's always something wrong with our parents. And this book is about, okay, you know, uh, we, you know, life is not great. So, okay, now what are we going to do about it? Because you're the master of your ship and the only person that can change your ship is you. Yeah. You know, you, the only person that can make you happy is you. So that's, that's really how I got to wrote the book. Yeah, and that's going to require a lot of inner strength, and and, and, and and people will people have to dig into themselves, kind of kind of like you did, and you were mandated to go to those therapy sessions to search within yourself. Um, you've got to kind of search search deeper than you, than you than you have before. Life can be miserable, you say in your book. Life may not be fair. Life sometimes sucks. People may hate you, and sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is actually an on incoming train. Sometimes yeah. I say I can get up in the morning and say to myself, "Damn, I'm still here on this earth. All my miserable realities are real. So what?" And then you say, "At the end of the day, you have to do anything and everything to make your heart 
sing. Regardless right. of whether people agree with you or not. And right. don't be a mean person. So once you've found that strength, that inner strength to pull yourself up, and you realize how valuable you are as a person, which I think is oftenly overshadowed, especially in mass media, we're kind of right. become little robots and little, uh, you know, we become... Uh, 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 Too busy uh, with life. Right, and and I think it's it's often kind of thought that that the individual can't make a difference, but but what you're saying in your book is that that's incredibly wrong and totally wrong, and that the and that individuals can and do make a difference. So so Esther, let's get into, uh, and of course uh, uh, you can find Esther's uh, work at estheryang.com. That's e s t h e r y a n g dot com. Esther, let's get into this program. Um, that you're developing in now you say into eight schools and by the way I, I did I did promise listeners that they'd be receiving Dr. Gabby Love again today and, and this would be her third time on, on the program uh, she was one of the show's early guests uh, she had to pull away at the last moment uh, to conduct a, a separate interview but uh, but but Esther um, let's again let's get into those uh, that program here that you're doing for schools that you're saying is now into eight schools. Explain to listeners what that's all about. Well, we found it, um, you know, I found the super happy, healthy kids. And we focus on elementary kids, schools. So that's age, like four from pre-K to like 11. And we sometimes go to middle school and we also go to high school. And we talk about, the difference about this program is that we only serve um, organic food. And we only provide spring water because we found out that there's a lot of lead in the school. And so we made it easy for parents and kids and not to worry just to have like spring water and organic food. Uh, But mostly these super happy, healthy kids really focus on kind words, kind act. I think sometimes people forget that even if life is miserable, we don't have the tools or we were never raised to have the tool. I certainly was. And I had to like, it's like a hit or miss thing and how to do it. It's like, so now I tell all my kids or my students, even when they're little, like age four, if they had a fight and I said, well, you know what? Good friends don't fight like that. If you feel that so-and-so don't bring out the good in you, well, don't hang out with them, you know, because don't enable them, don't hang out with them. So this is what I tell them because, um, because that's really, and that's with adult too. If, you know, your life is miserable and you don't have any support, well, then you need to rethink, A, you need to be in therapy or you don't have the money. There's a lot of free therapy involved. You can go to 12-step. You know, there's many 12-step. There's AA, there's Narcotic Anonymous, there's Codependent Anonymous, there's so many, there's Debtors Anonymous. There's so many 12-step that you can go for free that you can still get help and, you know, don't think like, oh, no one will understand your, your problem. That's really not true. So there's so many resources, even if you don't have like, oh, I cannot go to counseling because I don't have money. But there's so many free program that there is. And people, your listeners, welcome to email me. I give them tons of resources where they can really go. Um, so this program I created is to create the tools like started young, like we, we do daily meditations every day because I want the kids to know what it's like to be centered and grounded, even for a few seconds, because they need to learn this when life chaos came into our life, sometimes not even due to our fault. 
like recently, like maybe a year ago, I was in a car accident, not to my fault. I broke my wrist and I fractured my hips. But because I've been doing yoga for 30 years, it's, it heals faster. But so sometimes it's not due to our fault. It happens. Uh, but you can bounce back. So this is like, so if you do daily meditation, it's like investing in your karma. And even if you don't get, even if you do something good and you don't get the instant gratifications right away, but you're still investing. So you're still paying it forward. So what I do with the students is that teaching them at a young age, uh, the tools like meditate, staying focused, you practice patience and you practice silence. Like we don't have to fill the, everybody's words. And also we, 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 I teach, like I teach them to just breathe and exhale and that you don't have to bust somebody bubbles. Like, like, so when I'm talking to one of the kids, let's say name Susan, and then like, you know, Joe will come in and bother me and I say, Joe, I'm with Susan. So just wait. And also teaching the kids that, Hey, um, just take a breather. This is someone's limelight and don't bust their bottom line. And that's something that like we ourselves, like as adults that I have to learn myself, uh, you know, being the, I mean, like I said, I have an interesting life. I was the only girl. I have eight brothers. So I always feel the special one. So I always get anything that I want and just being able to just, it's true. And you know, the good, it was crazy. My parents are so like not mindful. So that means like I get like, 20 present. My brother will be lucky if they get one present. And and the good and, and this is something that I never appreciate until I was not in until I was in therapy. I think that my brother's money is my money. I think my money is my money. That's how insane my, my thought was. Is like um but the 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 saving grace was that they never really felt jealous of, to me. So I felt like wow, what an unconditional love that I got from my brothers. But I cannot say that about me because I felt entitled. I felt like I should get whatever that my brother gets and then some. But again, I didn't even realize that until I was in therapy and I thought, whoa, you know, um, I'm, I was very selfish. I was very entitled. I was, um, I think about self grandiose and that's really something that was very hard. And I, and I felt like uh, someone, one of my friends actually said something to me that, at that time, of course, I was really mad at her when she said it. But she said, you know what, Esther? You bulldoze everything that I said. And I thought, like, you always take over the conversations. And I really had no idea what she meant. Of course, I thought, like, she was uh, crazy. But at the end of the day, when I did my own inventory and really looked back, and I realized, wow, I was not a good listener. I was not a good friend. I, you know, didn't really... Um, hear what she was saying. So now with my best friend, I paraphrase everything that I said, what that she said, I slow everything down. Again, even now, you know, at, at, at my age, I still, um, there's still room for improvement. I'm not perfect. I still need to just hush. Um, and what I teach the kids with the super happy, healthy kids is like, you know what? You have nothing nice to say, you zip it. It doesn't matter. And of course, my kids, my kids will say, well, I'm just being honest. And that's really like um, a self-justification that we normally do. Well, I was just being honest. And I thought, well, sometimes being honest is not really great. You know, being honest also hurt other people. Like, you know, when they said, well, you know what? You're too fat. Don't eat that. So I think that's, that's you're honest. Certainly we want our kids to be truthful, but still that's hurtful. 
So, um, and, and, and we make, we make the kids also apologize by saying, and they have to look them in the eye and said that, you know, Joe, I'm sorry. Um, I hurt you. It will not happen again. Cause I think that three sentence is very important. Looking someone's in the eye is very important. And I think we take it for granted and it's, you know, it's the old cliche. It's true. Um, it's not what you said. It's how you say it. So some of my kids said, rrr, rrr, I'm sorry. Okay. Or through the, the, the books, I already said, I'm sorry. What else do you want? So I think, um, just slowing everything down, um, really help them to become, that's why I said, we want to raise these kids to have compassion and strength at the same time. It's like the yin and yang. 2011 International Yoga Sauna Champion, Joseph Encinia. Encinia, yeah, I know. Love Joseph. Esther Yang is a great healer. Her gift is being able to know exactly what I need. She helps me tremendously. Now, Esther, your program is in eight schools. Uh, yes. Is, is that Are those in New York? You're also developing into Florida via... I know. I'm super excited. We like we have some school that interested for us in Sarasota. Yep. So I'm going there September 14, going to talk to the principal and really going to, trying to be like national, going to Florida, going to any other state that we can really um, share the love. That's wonderful. Um, and Esther, for, for listeners that want to get in, perhaps they have a child that thinks that they could benefit, that the child could benefit from your program uh, as, as it's growing and it's, it's, it's a wonderful, a tremendous service that it's providing. Um, tell us a little bit more about how they can get involved in Super Happy Healthy Kids. Well, they can go to the website, which is the superhappyhealthykids.com. They can email us, which is the website list, like, you know, why we're different. And if they want us to be in their school, to do speaking in their school, they can certainly, um, through the website, you can actually send information. Or you can also email us. It's the same name, superhappyhealthykids at gmail.com. Or they can also contact me, which is like 917-369-0032. They can text me, can email me, they can look at the website. Um, we, we were very fortunate. We were nominated as New Yorker of the week. So we're very grateful for that. Wow. And Esther, you speak about um, uh, natural herbs and, 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 and perhaps the, the power of, of, of positive thinking and, and positive uh, speaking uh, as healing. Are you, an, are you an advocate for Monsanto? <laughs> no. Are you crazy? <laughs> that is insane. I mean, that is so – I have never seen a company that touch everything that we do. I think that is so – crazy how we even got there so i'm even teaching the kids like hey you know you read five ingredients or less they have to say non-gmo if they don't say that that means it has gmo it's tainted by gmo so it's it's crazy and they said you know i i i i teach them i said just because the grapes look like elephant grapes doesn't mean that it's good grapes you know sometimes small is better uh, like imperfect is better because life is organic food is organic so it's it's really i am just shocked how this country can let monsanto got into the lobbyists and into into like the depth of the insanity that it touched literally everything that we have. And I think what you're doing is to educate your listener 
and to really look and read the labels. And if they don't say non-GMO, that means it's tainted. And, and Esther, you mean business uh, in, in that you, you actually ran for political office. Uh, we, have a, we have just a few seconds left. Uh, left. Yes. Um, uh, Esther, some closing thoughts for uh, for listeners and uh, you know perhaps we'll, perhaps we'll bring the Monsanto issue to uh, to discussion another another time but 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 take a moment here uh, and, and give listeners some some, some closing comments and, and remarks I think to make like the, um, to be I mean politically I think everybody should register to vote politically everything should vote everyone should vote and encourage your friends and neighbors to vote that's on a politics side on a healthy side uh, do meditate. And if you don't know how to meditate, you can email me, text me. There's so many books out there. You can do that. And just find good friend. If you don't know how to be a good, find a good friend, then be a good friend. And always, always, always pay it forward. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Esther Yang, New York-based author. Esther, thank you for joining Discuss Your Truth and Winwood Radio. We look forward to inviting you back on the program in the near future. Thank you, Ian. Esther Yang uh, is an incredible, motivated speaker. Uh, we were delighted to have her join the program. I'll be right back with some closing comments. We'll keep it on, Seek and Destroy. Again, to reiterate, and I thank you if you have attempted to tune in the past, well, the first two weeks of this month, uh, working through some quirks to get this uh, remote broadcast up and running. Uh, we uh, we uh, we have connection. We have uh, we have effectively uh, connected and thread this through our studio. So that when when it is needed to remotely uh, broadcast, we we are able to do that. Anyway, so uh, I'll be right at I'll be back at you next week, uh, Wednesday, five o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, delivering another discussion of truth. I've been Ian Trachier for Winwood Radio. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. And until next week, be awesome. <laughs> Thank you.